You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. Hey everybody, this is Ken Vellante, and I'm very excited to have uh, author, uh, writer, uh, L. Nash. Um, L, I'm so excited to welcome you to Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate being here. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, enjoyed your works, um, uh, Animals Eat Each Other, which was... Uh, you know, got some press for you. And also, um, I found the gag reflex in uh, Powell's, which is probably why I had contacted you at some point. There was some connection in my in my head amongst the sequence of books there. And uh, very happy to run into your work. But you got, you got uh, a book of uh, fiction, Deliver Me, uh, out. And uh, just wondering... What 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 is this project? Um, I had seen on your Patreon, uh, kind of your process of making this and creating this. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about this book. Sure. So, Deliver Me follows um, a narrator, Daisy, who she lives in the Ozarks, and she works at a chicken factory, and she has been trying and trying for years to have a baby. <clears throat> but she's like she struggled she just has constant miscarriages um and she comes from a background of um the united pentecostal church which is like an extremely uh like fundamentally christian you know organization and she's just trying to put her life back together and like have a healthy relationship and kind of just get what she wants out of the world but um it's very difficult for her um towards like almost violent ends, I would say. So I won't say much more than that, but just that um, this project was really inspired by, like in part, um, I've always been very passionately against industrial agriculture (laughs) since I was like, you know, a young teenager. And um, when I lived in the Ozarks, I was very close to seeing that world. Like that's where I think the head of, Tyson is Tyson Foods. It's also like where Walmart, it, like headquarters of Walmart is. And just seeing that those experiences, um, even peripherally was like a big motivator for me to set a story there and kind of tell the story of what that life could look like for someone like that. Yeah. I, um, I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, excited to get further to to get further into it and um just just what you mentioned about them like agriculture and um you know that that, that industrialization i know uh i don't have the same analogy but just seeing some of the chicken production in western uh west virginia mm-hmm. and it you know that that type of thing and um there's something that right off the bat uh, about the, the title of your book, Animals Eat Each Other. I've been vegan for 27 years, and as a mm-hmm. vegan, everybody thinks you announce that all the time and yell it at each other <laughs> or whatever. But um, no, I have been, and, and 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 just even the title just made me think because I want to tell you why. Like I've done a we've done a recent kind of funny uh, episode on Swamp Thing, and my brain's been getting into like what we consume and who we are. And there was this thought within it of like eating plants and becoming like, you know, 
plant-like or more plant-like and just like um uh, bodies uh within your work how visceral the bodies are in coming in contact with each other whether it's mm. ideas of consumption and 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 things like uh, uh, things of that of that nature um the presence of uh bodies uh, for me like in that type of um landscape of the industrial um landscape is like ends up being kind of like these horror ass horror aspects like to them not to go like on a rant or anything like that do you do you encounter um say within the setting of um with 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 work in that uh industrialization of agriculture do you see the same dynamics happening amongst say those who work within it and the actual processing of animals and plants in that in that sense yeah i mean i would say so because um like as far as workers rights go during the time when i was researching for deliver me they i learned that workers have to process about 140 birds per minute um and people will lobby against like OSHA regulations or government regulations, like these companies will lobby to, to lower the standards so that they have to process even more. And when you're a worker on this lot, like on these kinds of lines, even though a lot of things have been like mechanized, you're still, you're doing the same action like over and over again, every single day. And there's a really high rate of injury, right? I think beef packing is like one of the most dangerous jobs in the United States. Like there's still a lot that can't quite be like fully mechanized, I guess. Um, there's not a lot of necessarily like rights or at least fair treatment of workers. Like I've I've researched and learned that people aren't often allowed to take specific like uh, toilet breaks or um, things like that. You're also being exposed to massive amounts of chemicals and certain sanitizers, which can just be caustic on your experience. Um, you know, like with your skin, yeah. and like that. Um, so I definitely would say that. Uh, workers aren't treated well um, in that respect to uh, it's kind of like, I mean, it's, it is, it's like a giant like system and sounds so like, <laughs> it's like hegemonic. It sounds so cliche to say it that way, but you have an entire like economic system that is basically funded on consumption. And like, I'm not like, I'm not a, I'm not a vegan, but I do see the benefits of it. Like I was a vegetarian for a long time. Um, but it's, yeah, it's really tough because you have this machine driven by consumption and it consumes animals. I mean, it also consumes agriculture, like industrial agriculture with plants is also not necessarily good for the environment either. Um, which is difficult, right? It's difficult. How do you feed like millions to billions of people and not create, um, like psychic and physical (laughs) damage to do those things you know like how what's the ethical way to do that it's really difficult question to answer um but i do find it it feels um like there is a violence in it and that violence is simply yeah it's based on that consumption yeah yeah i it, it, it feel that i've read a hugely influential work upon mine individual is just as important it's called the sexual politics of meat by carol j adams oh that and sounds the, interesting 
the visual, yeah, is very influential on me. It's considered a classic of uh, feminism, uh, animal rights, but the the front graphic of the book is was a a beach towel, if you could believe it, and it was a woman nude, and it says, "What's your cut?" And it was the lines of like. Uh, like a cow of where the cuts were it was just a just such a striking image um but um all right i know we got we we moved like right like right into that i gotta tell you l when i was uh, you know reading about you and, and reading your work i'm like i'm not even quite sure what to jump in and talk about but <laughs> yes um deliver me uh um super exciting uh, for that uh, major work um mm. uh, to be out i want to Let's jump back a little bit more conceptually. Um, you go out about your art a, a, a particular way. Um, you could, I, I could feel your art and, and feel your writing. Um, for you, L, um, what what is art? What, what do you? What is art? What are you trying? What are you trying to do? What am I trying to do? And sometimes I don't even know what I'm trying to do. Like I just feel driven. Um, but I think for me. Art is, sometimes it's about trying to experience and conceptualize, like, the world that we live in. And sometimes it's about trying to get to, like, the purest root of expression. Um, like, how to explain this? I've been reading a lot of the writings of Malevich lately. He was a I'm gonna get this wrong he was like he came out of like the dynamist movement in art which was like kind of around the time cubism was getting really big a lot of artists were rejecting realism because the camera was invented right um yeah like photography was becoming a thing and a lot of artists were moving past realism and into more like expressive forms of art and his goal which I think he called suprematism was trying to get to like, what does the purest expression of color look like? Or mm. what's that experience? Like what's that pure experience? A lot of artists were doing this um, and have, you know, done this over time. And so sometimes I think art is like that you're trying to capture and maybe isolate like the singular experience of human existence that, um, that we have that's like really special just the fact that we can express like that's really special so to me I think that's part of art um I think also in, inherently art is about the desire to share like it is very much keyed in on the very basic fact that we're social creatures right like we developed a need community to survive. That's why we tell stories. You know, we tell stories to pass on ideas or tradition or um, like lineage to teach um, or just to be understood, you know. And so art really can't exist without like an audience itself. So I think that's kind of maybe what that is too. It's that desire to share something, whatever that thing may be. And like for me, when I'm writing, I think what I'm trying to do is 
I feel like my general experience of life is I'm always like soaking in some kind of atmosphere. Like I guess that's like moodiness somehow or like I'm always having like feelings and these feelings feel like it is this atmosphere that I'm like kind of soaking in. And so when I'm creating like a book or a short story, I'm thinking like how can I put another person in this same kind of like state um, and I don't necessarily know why I do that. Like maybe I do want to be understood, but maybe it's like more than that. Um, maybe it's just seeing if I can do it. Maybe it's just like, like maybe it's also cause it's kind of like a form of escape. Like it's nice to be like in that other world for a while, take the atmosphere away from me and like putting it in something else, um, where I can look at it from all these different facets and try to understand it in my own way. Like I'm turning it around in my head over and over again in terms of like when I'm constructing a story or like a plot line or a character. So I think that's usually my aim is just like that, like the atmosphere of something, like how can I create that? And sometimes the concept is like with deliver me. I think I really tried to, and wanted to try to explore like the psychology of killing, you know, like with the chicken factory and with some of the characters, um, And that was kind of like the atmosphere, I guess, that I'd been thinking about for a long time, you know? Yeah. I, it was interesting when you're talking about your writing, because for a second there, I was like, am I talking to an actor too? Like there was a piece of, no, there's, it was cool. It was cool. There's a piece about the characters and and there's a process you were describing. I kind of like my, my head was going, was, was going, uh, like that, like interacting with the characters in, in, in moving it towards feeling. And I think there's, I don't know, I'd imagine a lot of folks trying to talk about your writing is like the immediacy of the like visceral, the physical experience, the, the sexual bodies, otherwise, like the immersion uh, of that is placing the, the readers always in a different spot. Everybody knows it, or maybe they forget it. And, um, that's the piece where I was just hearing like the words is almost like the character, like you're in there too. Um, I had a, I had a guest, uh, on, um, who did a a play, how to be an ethical slut in Mm. front of like, it was like one woman, uh, a performance and it was just like just that immersion in that and in, in that openness with the piece about like if you look at uh your work gag reflex in like mm-hmm. the the public aspect of it and there's something um for folks who don't know the work um it, it, there's an aspect diaristic if that's a word i aspect timestamps and there's a, a public aspect to the display within the book of of of, of telling folks um uh these how do you think um at least that theme and not talking about you as a person but that mm-hmm. theme of the public as you create uh and having it right there how it seems like such a big piece in 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 your work the Mm. delivering it that way um like in terms of like um how the public interacts with like my art as the object or like uh, the public as a concept inside the work is that what you mean 
Yeah, let me try better as the host okay. here with the question. And we were <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, and looking at gag reflex, and, and maybe it was just the timestamps and the computerized yeah. aspect and the digital piece of it. And like there's this immediacy of knowledge to know that this is super public and there's it's like almost like a, a frightening or there's a scare uh, to it with that. Um, I guess what I'm asking more particularly is about the 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 creativity with that in mind with mm. like that this is like this is a, a, like an exposure and I'm and I'm telling you this way whereas if we saw, the, saw those timestamps a little bit before before social media before maybe like that kind of public display you wouldn't be able to 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 work off that it there's such there there feels to be such an immediacy to presenting it that um to present it. Uh, that way is that something you're trying to intend to like to have as being almost art but fleeting because it's time stamped in that way yeah it is it definitely was that work was trying to capture like a very specific moment for sure um especially with like the time period of it and really trying to hammer in that is this girl who is just wanting to like understand and be understood, like understand her own experiences and also like find community and be understood in that respect. And so like, I think the public plays a role in that. Um, But also like with her, with her specific outlet, which is like live journal, she still gets to kind of maintain a level of anonymity, which doesn't, quite exist anymore i mean it probably still does exist on the internet but it's like um a lot of people's twitters are so everything's so because of like cross-referencing databases everything's so captured now and it's like easy yeah. to suss out who had who is an account or whatever and like that was right on the precipice of that social media world where you could still be quite anonymous and not be known and so in that way too while she's kind of like you know, exploiting these ideas like to the public, there's also kind of a level of protection she still gets to maintain in that. So it's like a safe way to like let out that pressure, you know, in a way. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I, um, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you in relation to, to art, a question I ask is, 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 is the role of art. Um, I talked a lot of guests now and I think my, my mind was thinking when we're talking about, let's say uh, pr- production of food and, 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 and temperatures. I think the question I asked for me, it seems like human beings always been like uh, skies falling, right? Like there always has to be like, like there's something's always happening, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Whether it's biblical or otherwise, but seriously though, like things are going on. Has the role of art changed or maybe even you, like your approach to like creating art in 2023 is, is something different now or is it just always like art just, arts and does what it does is something different i honestly think that it's i don't think that it's changed there's this one thing lydia yuknovich says which is like what did she say it's like art doing its verb thing or something like that which i always think about where like (laughs) you know people are moved they're feeling conflicted they're angry they're arguing over the art it's meaning they're contextualizing it they're discussing it 
or they love it. It's euphoric, you know, any, any manner of like that experience with art is like the verb thing that I really like. And I think that's kind of the role. It's so like wide open because it can serve like so many purposes, you know? Um, and I don't think necessarily that that's changed. Like, even if you think back to like the cave paintings or whatever it is, the first like pieces of like expression and stuff like that that we've found um we don't know their like intentions and we can only contextualize it like through you know like you know studies of history or whatever it is but we can still speculate on it and we have been speculating on it for like 30,000 years so (laughs) you know that seems like one it's important and two like it the role is just there for us to experience, to reach back in time, to think about, to ponder, you know, situate yourself in the world, you know, or expand what it is you thought was possible in the world. Like I always like that about a good novel that expands what you think is possible for like what art can be. And that's kind of like also expanding your viewpoint of like what can be experienced as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that. Um, there's, there's almost like in in there's a little bit in artful how I'm expressing this, but there's almost like the uh, um, like aggression in the writing that creates a vibrancy in your work. And I think oh. like uh, Lydia Yuknovich too. Oh my gosh, so amazing of a, a like a fierce writer, like fierce writing, like you know, like just and um, I'm thinking of like the chronology of water uh, by by Lydia and, and mm-hmm. yeah, just. Um, uh really just just really love that that work um i'm one of the things i wanted to say is i'm i really appreciate um what you put out on patreon um as a as a patron to to the service there i uh, my first love is writing and i I, I go back in episodes um i don't say first love is painters the painting to painters and stuff (laughs) for me like even studying when i was younger is it's, it's it's all literature like it's it's all it's all it's all words in in storytelling and um so i always get excited by um by by great by by great writing and um in in encountering uh your work but the piece even on patreon too where you're kind of talking about your process sounds a little cliche that's what people are talking about but like when people are really into somebody who's an artist like it, it like i could tell you like graphic novelists i follow on there a few bucks each month it's like you get so excited to be like shit i want to see that little panel or <laughs> i think even in looking to talk to you just reading your post about the, a book, you know, in the making for so long and it exists the entire time. It went to mm-hmm. sleep. You forgot about it. Then it's back. And then somebody didn't like it as much as to the other person. did. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's a really fascinating. Um, it's a really fascinating uh, piece. Um, yeah. Big question. I wanted to ask the big conceptual question, make sure we get all those out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Writers have keen insights to the mysteries of the universe. And the big question on the show is, why is there something rather than nothing? Mm. I couldn't really necessarily. I don't know if I could answer that. Why is there something rather than nothing? I would argue that 
Would I argue? Yeah, because that's what I do. <laughs> if you try to make, you don't have to sell that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like, like when you say there's something rather than nothing, I'm thinking like, who is to say that it's not nothing? Like, maybe from a Buddhist perspective, it's all just an illusion. <laughs> and maybe what we're trying to find is like, what we're trying to do is realize that there really is just like the em- like the emptiness, the formlessness that is total consciousness. <laughs> Who is to say? <laughs> I know I. There's a fault. There's a fault line. There's a fault line in my question, and I've talked about it. And and, and my mind is keen to yours on on nothing and what no thing is in the Western mm-hmm. Western thinking. No thing is absence, abyss. You want to have something rather than nothing. But talking about within Buddhism of the maybe more proper emptiness, like mm-hmm. the concept of emptiness that there's glory in emptiness. There's, there's no there, there, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no like there, there right beneath it, you know, like, uh, yeah. Like, like things like, yeah. Yeah. Like I would say, like when you think about something, what that means is you're qualifying a boundary. And when you create a boundary, you create conflict. When you create conflict, you create suffering. <laughs> which makes it inevitable in a way, you know, and then, and then your books try to resolve <laughs> those conflicts over time. And that's the grand, the, the grand project that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, L can I do the, uh, talking to a writer thing? This is similar mm-hmm. to talking to the, to the, to the rock star and listen to the music, but, uh, who you, who you dig on with, with, with what you're reading, uh, like writers that you read. And I know you do like a lot of, um, editing and you talk about, you know, literature and interact with, uh, poets and writers, but, um, what, what, what are you digging on when you need to read rather than <laughs> create something <laughs> to be read? Yeah. Right now I'm reading my dead book by Nate Lippins, um, which is like amazing razor blart, razor Razor blade, sharp sentences, um, razor blard. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new genre. These are razor blards. We were doing razor blades before. Screw I know. Um, so I'm reading that right now. And um, yeah, I just, um, the the sharpness of the sentences is like masterful. It's really good. Also, um, Lindsay Lerman and Charlene Elsby. Um, I've been reading them this year too. Charlene Elsby, I feel like, currently is she's gotta be or is gonna be recognized as like one of the greatest living transgressive writers like regardless of how you feel about like what transgressive is as a genre I know some people like don't like the term but for lack of a better term like her work just explores um the elements of human taboo in a way that's like so smart and so amazing she has a book coming out uh from clash next year called um Violent Faculties, it's so good. Like, it's just incredible. Um, but yeah, so I'm digging on them. There's a long, long list. It's always hard to pull everyone out of that when I ask this question. But nah, those are the ones that, like, really come top of mind for me right now. No, I do that. I, I it's, it's just something so strange about that question. It's like, um, because certain certain folks or minds would be like it's it's the flood of all at once okay the 15 came into my head but uh <laughs> you know like uh, you know uh what you know what can i what can i do about that but um mm-hmm. um i, I you know i, I just want to say it's like it's it's been it's been really really cool to really cool to chat with you and um you know you. one of the things i uh 
even in checking with you when I first encountered your work, uh, I, I really get excited on the show about my, at the time I even referenced a couple poets that had on a Joanna Valenti, who's uh, out on yeah. the East coast U S and uh, a good friend of mine went to the university of Massachusetts with a uh, Kong Tuan, uh, uh, poet, but, um, it's been great to, um, encounter writers, um, in, in, in doing this format and learn about like how you do what you do. And I just want to say too, Elm, um, you know, straight up about the, about the, the, the content and, uh, in particular around, um, eating disorders. I, I, am I, I, I'm close to a lot of, I've, I've dealt with addiction myself, addiction to alcohol. I've been sober for 13 years, um, uh, 14 years coming on. So, um, but thank you. Thank you. Um, but what I'm saying is, what you have to talk about in the work that you do is vitally important for a human being to read is vitally important for me, uh, uh, to read and to experience. Um, because I, it's not just me, it's I'm around folks close and I'm an empath and I, and I, I always want to know, I always want to somehow feel, and in, in, in your work, um, you, you can't open that up and find it everywhere. And I want to thank you for your courage in, in writing about that and want to let you know that, you know, it, it makes a big difference um, for me. And part of that was wanting to talk to you and, about that and let you know that as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, like um, I always wanted to try and explore eating disorders through like fiction or like novelization um, for a long time. Like I read Wasted by Maria Hornbacher um, like years and years ago. And I was always like, as a young baby writer, I was always like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try and write this novel. And it never really worked out. And I think with Gag Reflex, it just coalesced so perfectly. Like I was just like, how, like, how really can I like explain what the experience of this is like, like the conflict. Cause you know, I, you know, you see so many like representations of it on like TV or other narratives that are very, they're always based at like inpatient centers and it always kind of revolves around like, you know, the calories and triggers and stuff like that. Um, and then they're always like saved by, you know, an administrator or something, you know what I mean? Like there's always like this kind of narrative that exists with eating disorders. And I'd always wanted to display just like, like, what is it like for someone who like doesn't do that? Like, you know, who just, there are, there are millions of people who suffer from eating disorders. They never get access to treatment. They have to figure it out on their own. Um, you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. just, they're what you would, you would say it's atypical because it's not what you see in the media, but it is very like normal to have those kinds of experiences with it. And I just really wanted to figure out how I could explore that and like kind of represent that on the page. So. Yeah. And I think, I, I think there's, um, I think there was a point in there too, that, that really stuck with me just from a, a bit of a different perspective. My personal experience was like you talk about the omnipresence of that, right? So too, when I like first stop drinking, right? Like if you don't drink well, you don't go to the bar, don't go to cookout, try not to be right around it. But also as a vegan, like early on when I was like, 
I was like, why is like every time I'm sitting down, like the like some sort of like act of protest. I just noticed all the attention that was on the basic act of eating. And you bring up that point. It's like, Hey, this is like, this is, this is daily. This is, this is not, you know, I'm not going to go to the casino in Vegas. Cause I'm not going to fly out to Vegas and, and do that. This is me each day. And, mm-hmm. um, really really a profound point but i, I again i want to th- i want to thank you for writers i mean and putting that out and, and, and spending the time um you know chatting on the show super excited to be able to talk to you about uh your work um great success uh on on on, on the new book and um yeah uh very nice to meet you Elle. perfect thanks it's good to meet you too i really appreciate it it's a good conversation <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And uh, take care. Thanks. I'll talk to you later. This is something rather than nothing. And listeners, to stay connected with us and our guests, visit somethingratherthannothing.com. Join our mailing list for exclusive updates and access to guest-created art. If you enjoyed this episode or any episode, please like, subscribe, leave a review on your podcast platform. People really read that shit. Your support helps us reach more listeners and spread our community across the planet. This is a global show, and we like to give a shout-out to our many listeners across the world, including many listeners in Canada, Spain, Germany, UK, Argentina, Brazil, India, Thailand, and so many more places. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at something rather than nothing podcast for behind the scenes content. And the best way to help the show is to tell your friends about us. If you love it, they'll love it too. Tell your friends who love it. We love you. This is something rather than nothing podcast. <laughs>